Hello, everybody. Welcome to a very special bonus episode of the ESPN Footy Podcast. Uh, my name is Matt Walsh, and I'm going to be joined by Jake Michaels and Jared Barker today. Jared, firstly to you, uh, good to have you back on the podcast. Um, we're going to talk Buddy today. And firstly, I just want to get your impressions of the moment that he kicked that thousandth goal and, and where you were and what you were doing and how you reacted. Sitting on the couch, eating chips, and my thoughts were, wow. <laughs> Amazing. Can it be anything else? Seriously, I, I I was thinking about it before when when I was watching the game and and when it happened. Um, you sort of sit back and you you appreciate how extraordinary it is. But yeah, just goosebumps. All I felt were goosebumps. And I watched the replay this morning and I felt the exact same thing. I I genuinely I watched it back for a second time this morning and got the same shivers in the spine and it just put a massive smile on my face. And I just think everyone in Australia, any footy fan, probably felt the same thing. And um, yeah, what an accomplishment. Yeah, I think I'm I'm 100% in that boat with you. He kicked it. I was, I was standing up, nervous energy, goosebumps, the crowd runs on. Uh, but Jake Michaels, you're a, you're a special guest today, in a sense, um, because special. you were there. Uh, you, you were at the press box for, at the SCG, and then you wandered down around three-quarter time, I think you told me, and, and you were in amongst the punters as the anticipation grew and the moment sort of... Uh, materialize itself for Franklin. Um, I mean, firstly, bucket list kind of item, but just being there in the moment, did you take a moment to just sort of look at your surroundings and, and think, where, how good is this? I'm not, as you well know, I'm not a big social media photo kind of guy. I, I don't like doing that. It's just not my thing. But at one point in the fourth quarter, I was, I just, my, my phone out just pretty much taking a fo- taking a photo of everything recording every it was i can't think of and doing this job i've been lucky to to cover and, and attend a lot of great sporting events but I, I can't think of any moment where the anticipation was so high yet you you always felt like he was going to deliver that last quarter he didn't touch the ball for about 18 minutes and to be honest throughout the night i know he ended up kicking four but he didn't really he had maybe if you added up the total seconds where he was in the game it was probably like 45 seconds so it wasn't like he dominated the game but the crowd just knew he would deliver and when uh when chad warner hit him on the lead um you know for the the shot the 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 one that he would eventually kick for the thousand i mean the crowd was just it was insane. I mean, the people were already the, the people were already starting to climb the fence before the before the uh, three quarter time siren had even sounded after he kicked his third to get to nine nine nine. There were the the whole aisle at the on the lower bowl of the SCG. All the aisles, like the stairs, were just full of people. It looked like every, it looked like people were going home because they were all coming out. They're all moving out of it. It was just. I've never seen a sight like it before. I know the last time it happened was 14 years ago when, when he kicked a hundred against um, or in the 2008 season. Uh, I wasn't there that day, but I, I, like Jared said, I remember, I think I was probably eating a bag of chips as well that day. I was, and uh, yeah, I remember that, but to be there. Yeah. Amazing. Just, just an incredible moment. 
so at what point did you wander down from the press box? Because I remember we were sort of planning what our, our coverage on ESPN.com.au would be, and we might get into some of the stuff that we've done because there's some really cool stuff that you guys might be interested in uh, listening at home. But but at what time did you sort of wander down? How far back did you find yourself? And just the, the crowd, like some of the things you must have overheard as you were walking down and waiting for the moment. Yeah. So um, I kind of said to myself before, before the game that once he gets to 999 and really with buddy you should almost say 998 because he can kick two in a minute um but i thought once he gets to 999 i'll, I'll probably start to wander down and that's what i did i went down just before three quarter time uh packed up my things and and just wanted to get down it's different when you're up in the press box you you you're sort of you you, you obviously still get the the noise and the atmosphere but it's ratcheted up tenfold when you get down and you can you know take your, your headphones off and you get down and you're in you're, you're literally in amongst the fans you you're you're a fan you're you're so close to the ground um there are quite a few comments i probably can't repeat on this podcast but um the as i said the atmosphere was just outrageous and you know what i love the most it wasn't just i think and fair play to sydney sydney fans i think it's very easy you know victorians and and South Australians and West Australians, we love to sort of stick the boots in with Sydney sometimes that they don't sort of show up to sporting events. They were there, they were ready, and they celebrated as great as I've, as I've ever seen anything like that in football. So fair play to them. And um, yeah, it was just a great mix of people, young and old, very diverse, uh, lots of lots of children there. It was just a great moment. And I think everyone's seen the, the photos and the vision now when he does kick it and everyone just runs on. It was it was like everyone was flooding on, but it, there was no pushing. Like it was just like a mass run. It was just, it was amazing. Mm. I mean, you were there, but, but Jared, you and I had a, a different view. We were, we were sitting at home watching on the TV, but, but even that, like that throws up its own sort of moments where you, you just sort of looking in disbelief at, at what might be unfolding. And, you know, from, from whether it was, you know, the woman's head in front of the camera from behind the goals as, as he was trying to kick and we, you know, I'm trying to look around and it's a screen. I can't look around her head. Um, and then you, you kind of sort of see as he kicks it, there's just this flood of people already flooding onto the ground. Like, you know, when you were, when you were sort of writing a piece for us for ESPN.com.au forward slash AFL, you, you used the term that Martin Tyler used when um, City won the league back uh, way back when in, in the last minute against QPR. And you said, you know, I swear you'll never see like yeah. this, anything like anything like this ever again. And we, we might not. Yeah. And, and I guess just the gravity of the situation as you were watching this unfold, like, like what were your sort of thoughts when, when he did it, you sort of see the crowd reaction, the way that commentators are laughing and, and enjoying it and the way that, you know, Gil McLaughlin earlier in the week sort of said, you know, we don't really condone it, but, you know, go for your life, basically. Don't do um, it, but please do it. <laughs> yeah. When, when you think of the culmination of, of all the build-up like, and, and the release, I think it lived up to the billing, didn't it? Oh, 100% it did. It's, um, and, and you touch on Martin Tyler's comments. That the, first, the first thing I thought of when, when I wrote the article was, well, it's, it's never going to happen again. And, and his comments came straight into my mind. It's, it's astonishing. It's just astonishing. And I don't know how long my mouth was open when that ball went through, but it was open for a very long time. The jaw was dropped. Um, <laughs> chips and yeah, falling you out. couldn't help but just sit back and chips falling out everywhere. And I what flavor, what flavor chips oh, were they, by the way? They were, they were chicken and they were Smith's. Chicken. Oh, chicken so, chips are dreadful. Haven't had those since we're nine, you're 10. We, this isn't the time to have this debate. I will win the debate, but we'll leave it for another day. Uh, but no, it, it was extraordinary, wasn't it? Um, yeah. 
I, I can I can I ask you something, Jake? Did you notice anything from the security guards? Because before Buddy had even kicked the ball, we had blokes running onto the field. They were about three meters away from him when yeah, he just so kicked the ball. So I just had this conversation with someone um, literally 10 minutes before we started the record here on the phone. And so from the angle I was at, I was pretty much on the other side of the... So from where he was kicking from, I was at that end of the ground at that goal, but the other side. So at the reverse angle. So impossible to tell if the ball's going through or not. Mm. People were running on before he'd even kicked it. Now, it all worked out because because the ball went through and it was a goal and the what celebration happened, happened was fantastic. But, but if he had missed that, would this have been one of the biggest anti-climaxes in it, it Australian sport? Like, because you'd have what? to get everyone. You have to stop the game because <laughs> yeah. you, you would take ages. Because once one person runs, the ho- they all go. Spot and on. no one's paying attention whether it's a yeah. goal or not. You'd have to get everybody off. And then when it happened eventually, whether it was in that game or later, it just, I don't know, just wouldn't feel. So fair play to Buddy. He had he, the he pressure delivered. on and yeah. he kicked four great set shots. I mean, Hutto called him the greatest mm. showman. That's kind of his moniker. But, like, he lived up to it. There was no way Buddy was going to miss that that shot at goal. And you know what? Like, where he was kicking it from, for the left footer, you know, curl it, curl it around a little bit, have a little bit of an, an arc. It wasn't too far out. Like, there was... Like, you know, the statistics might be saying that's, yeah, he's a 76, 78% chance kicking that goal. But there was no way he was not kicking that ball through the middle of the... Of the he of kicked, the he kicked four straight. He kicked four straight. A sense of the, occasion. The shots that he did get were just, were just yeah. brilliant. Yeah, he, ha- he handled the, the pressure phenomenally. Um, but yeah, going back to, to my piece that I wrote and it, it, it not happening again, I obviously spoke to one of our friends from the podcast, Christian from Champion Data and... He notes that it's probably, interestingly, it's, he said it's almost as extraordinary Gordon Coventry kicking a thousand goals in the 20s or 30s as it is Buddy doing it 100 years later nearly, just because statistically, while the data isn't available to us or the same amount of data back then as we have now, what they can decipher is that it actually is a similar era of footy, which is quite interesting to me. And looking at the stats, obviously, you know, the score, average scores per game in Locketeer were 98.7 um, off the top of my head. You can go back and, and read the article. All this information is in there. Uh, compared to Buddy's era of 05 to, to 2021, it was uh, about two goals less. And the average score in 2021 was 78 or 79.7, I think it was, which is the lowest it's been since 1967. So it puts into perspective how mm. difficult it is to achieve something like this and will we ever see it again well it's easy to say it's not in our lifetime probably not when you look back at what is apparently a similar era mm. 1920 1930 how long ago was that 90 years if it does happen again we're not going to be here to see it and that's why we need to appreciate what we've just witnessed yeah i i can't argue with any of that um you know and even looking at the way that the modern game is played and you sort of see that um, I think it's around you know 85 points per game per per team. Sorry, at the moment per team per game at the moment. Um, key forwards are just not having the impact that, that they they once did. Um, and, and if you look at the, you know the, the last Coleman Medal winner, Mackay, I think it was he kicked 58 goals. It might have been during the regular season or yeah, the, la- the last five. I know we've had a couple yeah. of years with with shortened games and what and whatnot. But the last none of the last five Coleman medalists have kicked 70 goals in a season. 70. Yeah. 
to, like, to you know, if you you got to you got to spend fifteen years kicking seventy five goals to kind of get to this this sort of this point, um, and that's an average. <laughs> like, yeah, you might have a down year, you might be injured, you you might have a, a really good year, but like when when you kind of think of it in, in the longevity that that Franklin has displayed, and he's had these injury troubles as well. It's truly remarkable, and Jared, as you said, it's kind of hard to sort of mm. think that that he, that he might do it again. And and it's no wonder I think that the celebrations and and we saw even Buddy like when he was getting mobbed, some of the fist pumps that he was throwing, he put up on shoulders, and he was actually really enjoying it, which I which I really enjoyed because it would be easy to kind of get a bit you know afraid or, or, or scared of getting injured or you know it's too many people touching you and you're getting a bit pissed pissed off or whatever. But he kind of really embraced the moment. Uh, I think and, I think you have to. You, got, like, you have to, just, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you. It's what I mean, he would have known it was coming. And to your point about security before, Jared, I realized I didn't answer that question. They were, I mean, they would just, no. you know, deck chairs. They, they were just, they were just put there for the for, to be like, well, we, we tried, but they didn't really try. And they didn't the really way care. I saw it roll out and some of the close ang- mm. angle shots, Jake, was basically don't run on before he kicks it, is what the, the fans were being told. Because yeah. they were they're at the boundary line, but they were yeah. just kind of saying, look, hold they, did it, they did it anyway. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, I I noticed. So I wasn't too far away from the the benches. I was kind of in. Between, I was around the fifty arc on the bench side, and yeah. I noticed they had a lot of security go toward the bench, which I which is fair enough. You know, there's a lot of players down there. There's a lot of equipment down there. They they had security kind of man that area, and then I think yeah. It, but what are you going to do? How how many? What are you going to do? Have ten thousand security guards <laughs> literally making a whole a wall around the side of the. It's just not going to happen, and I'm glad that the that they didn't try to. I'm glad the AFL just let it play out because um, not only will it be the last time that a player does that, but I, I made the case that it'll be the last time we see that great moment, and that is one of the best Australian sports traditions, in my opinion. And I'm not a traditionalist guy by any means, but I, I do like those kind of moments that don't. And I think this is why. You and I, Matt, are in the camp of goals don't necessarily mean great. Like, you know, a lot of people just want goal after goal after goal in games. I love the fact that a 100-goal season is, like, um, is incredible. And the way we're talking about Buddy and saying it'll never happen, the way he's done it, an amazing achievement. Um, you know, if, you, if, if you're getting 10 a game, it just cheapens the, the achievement. So uh, I think that's what everyone's kind of taken by with Buddy is the case that, you know, maybe at the start of his career, there was, you know, a way that he could sort of kick big bags. And he did in 08, got the 100. Um, but he's continually, continually and consistently just kicked, you know, six, eight, four, five, um, you know, and as a key forward and the type of key forward he is, he's, he's not a traditional, you know, goal square We'll try and outmuscle the opponent one on one. Like he he leads, he 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 gathers the ball at half forward and then runs around. Like he he is a dynamic forward. And I think the way that he's achieved this, in the way that he's kicked his goals over the years, and the way that he's had to adapt his game to different defensive styles as well, is equally as admirable. He, I mean, he, he's kicked over seven hundred behinds in his career as well. So it's not as if he hasn't had the chances. The chances that he has had, you, you think back at how many goals he really could have kicked with a little bit more accuracy. It's mm. yeah, it's it's purely extra- extraordinary. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, and he would go on, Jay. No, it's just it's not just the goals. I mean, his influence on games outside of the goals that he's kicked has been extraordinary. And and you know something mm. that I'm surprised because we generally get a lot of overreactions. I don't necessarily think it is a massive overreaction, but I'm surprised in the last sort of what is it now twenty hours since it happened 
that we haven't heard anyone debating the possible, like where should he be in the greatest of all time discussion? Mm. I think it's, a I, bit, not it's still a bit soon. Mm. Um, you know what? Maybe that's a good roundtable discussion for this week. Um, because Ooh. yeah, I, I think we kind of just need the, the dust to settle. It's, it's funny. Like I saw someone on, on Twitter, a few people have raised this on Twitter that he hasn't done any press. Isn't this, isn't it strange? Six man AFL VFL history, you know, hundred plus 150 plus years that, that football has been going around. And we haven't, apart from the little, you know, channel seven, three interview, uh, three question interview we had after he kicked it. We haven't heard from him and we're not going to hear from him. There's nothing slated. Nothing is dropped in my emails about where we're going to hear from him. Isn't, isn't that a bit strange? Like, don't we want to like celebrate with him? It is a bit strange. Um, yeah. I actually noticed this morning that the Swan sent out a, <laughs> yeah, the Swan sent out a press release saying Callum, Callum Mills is available to talk about Buddy Franklin's thousand thousandth goal. Okay. Well, no disrespect to Callum Mills, who was great last night and is a great player, but I don't want to talk to him about Buddy's thousandth. <laughs> um, at, least, at least give us Chad Warner, who kicked it to yeah. him or had to make his way outside the stadium. And he, this leads me to the next point. Make guys, his career. As well as, is there a number of really cool and interesting and funny sort of subplots to the whole shenanigans that, that, that happened afterwards? I mean, we've all seen some of the photos and, and some of the iconic well, soon to be iconic images of, of the moment. And um, some of the, the, the videos that I've seen here on TikTok, you've got people running on the ground and they've got their cameras held out in front of them and they're, you know, like hand, hand away from Buddy and, and you can sort of see the emotion on his face and, you know, all the players got separated. Zach Tui bundles into a fan who loses his keys and he goes and chases him afterwards. Um, there was a great photo, a blurry photo of Chad Warner and Ollie Florent at the, outs- at the outside of the SCG because they got funneled down a different exit to the rest of the Swans and they had to go outside that, the ground to make their that, way back in. That just, that, that photo reminded me of like, that. that's just something that would have happened in the 1970s. <laughs> like, like if Rowan Connolly is listening to this, I spoke with him yesterday before the game, just going through, you know, he was giving me a, a history lesson of things that happened like this in the seventies. And that just, that feels like that era. It's like, how does that even happen mm. nowadays? And th- that's why something like this just does prov- create all these sort of moments and pictures and, and another, you know, and this is what I love about it because we've had a lot of negative stories over the last two years. And, and, you know, that's the reality of, of working in sports media is we the generally the, unfortunately we do focus on those sort of things, but it, it's so refreshing to be able to focus on this achievement and all the great little subplots and storylines that come that have stemmed from it. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just truly remarkable, but some of the photos, the, the actual photographs that have come from the ground last night where he's being hoisted in the air, celebrating, I mean, they are just remarkable. I mean, the, the big unanswered question at this point is, and we sort of saw this in the NFL this season as well, because Tom Brady threw his 600th touchdown and um, and then retired and and some punter got the ball. Um, and it was the same at the SCG. So there was a great video of someone about <laughs> two people behind the bloke as he's taken the video. And you've just seen this guy fly from about four rows, from four rows back. He's taken the grab. He's got up. He's looked at the camera. He said, I've got the pill. I've got the pill. I've got to get out of here. But you know, it does bring up the question, guys. Does Buddy deserve that ball? Okay, so this is going to be an unpopular opinion here, but I'm going to say no. Why does Buddy... Tell me... Wh- okay, let's go the other so, way. Why does he deserve it? Well, okay. Who owns the ball? Who yeah, owns the AFL ball? AFL property. The AFLs? Yeah. Okay, well, it's not Buddy's then, still. No, okay, I just well, the think... The AFL would gift it to him. I just think the reality is, I mean, it's... if. If, if a ball's kicked into the crowd, I know you're supposed to give it back. Like in a normal game, they ask for the ball back. But 
if you do take off with it, no one cares. I just don't understand why he has to give it back. I mean, he's the lucky fan that caught it. You know, he's risked his neck by diving over four rows of people <laughs> to take the mark. One of the know. great like, I, Okay, Jake. So put put yourself in that position. You've somehow jagged the mark uh, behind yeah. the goals and you've ended up with the footy. What would you do? What do you honestly think you'd do? Um, I know he, I know he has no obligation, according to you, but would you give it back? I think if he if he came out and said I would I really want the ball, it would mean a lot to me to have it. I think that's different. But I think if the club's just saying we want it back so we can have it just in our Sydney in our you know museum or something, it's like, eh, is it really yours? Like, does it really matter that much? And I think the other thing I thought was a bit sort of lowballing from the Swans was the fact that all they offered was come and meet him and get a photo with Buddy. It's like. You're going to have to up the stakes a little bit more than that, I think. I think, I think you're going to have to if, get a, at least a membership, a couple of signed jerseys. I think the, I mean, again, it's, I know it's the NFL and they're, they're, the money's a bit different to the AFL, but a bit. I mean, they, 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 I think the guy that, that got that pass and he was handed the ball, remember? It, I think Mike Evans caught, caught the 600th pass and then handed it to a fan, not knowing that it was Brady's 600th. Yeah. So that guy who would sit in front row, so is obviously, you know, not a not a poor person, was given a hundred, I think he was given about a hundred thousand dollars, tickets, merchandise, and a bitcoin, which is God knows what, what one of them's worth. Um Jared, what would you be what would you be doing if you came across if, that footy? If I was old, mate, and I'm being offered a meet and greet and a photo with Buddy, I'm putting that melon straight onto eBay. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, yeah, should, I mean, should we should we already know what what it, what's worth? So, what where are the other five thousand ball, thousand gold balls? Yeah, well, are they are they in like, circulation? It, are they in a museum? Are they? are they at Gordon Coventry's house? Are they? You know, where, is it like the Jason property Dunstall? market where it just increases in value? Like, what would that ball be worth now yeah. compared to Doug Wayden sixties or whatever it was? That's a good point. Um, and I think you know that's got that's got to play out. But I suspect that the ball will show up, and and the punter involved will get a nice little meet and greet. Plus, yeah, plus, I, plus. I, I think he'll get a. I think the. I think Buddy will get the ball back. Um, and I think I think he'll get more than a meet and greet. I think that's just that's just that's just them negotiating. They're, they're just starting at the lowest base possible. Thinking if he agrees to this, brilliant. And if he comes back and says, "Give me five grand and a Swans membership and a Buddy jersey." They can they can sort of go from there, but yeah, you, come on, Sydney. What would be the ultimate that they offer, Jake? If they start as low as a meet and greet, how high can they go? Would the Swans be prepared to? But the thing is, who should be paying? Is it the, is it the club or like if Buddy's getting the ball, shouldn't he be paying paying for it? I Why think should, I think sport sporting culture is different in the states than it is to. To, to down here we still like to hold on to some semblance that it's not a business whereas in, in the nfl players are aware owners are yeah. aware gms are aware fans are aware it's all about business whereas i think in australia there's still this sort of we're clinging to and we went well, to be fair it is a lot less uh, it, it is less like that here but we are still clinging to the fact that these are kind of like community clubs where you know it's kind of you know all for one you know to, to borrow a, a line from hawthorne's um theme song and the uh, not the expectation but like I feel like if if the punter was just to, to hand the ball over and and you know get the meet and greet, I think that that's what Sydney would be offering. All right, here's the question we should be asking: if if it was a matter of money and it was Buddy, if Sid, if the club said, "Look, we're not getting involved. If you want it back, that's you got to work out how to get it back." 
if your buddy earning, you know, what we kind of know buddy to earns a million, what yeah. would you be prepared to offer for that ball back? Um, I would be prepared. I see money, money's always weird and it's so dirty when you take money for something like that. Would you, would you, would you pay $10,000 to have the ball back? Uh, you, what, what are things that you can't buy? You maybe like it'd be his date at the brown low. Oh, so you're saying that that's what he would ask for. Yeah, I mean, no, no, I'm saying, it. I'm saying, like, there are there are things that like experiences that money can't buy involved in the effort. Uh, Look, we're getting we're are. getting bogged down on the value of the ball, which is a bit ridiculous. You, but yeah, the the, mo- the moment, guys, you know, and and we've debated this, and Jake, you said it in your piece on ESPN.com.au forward slash AFL, pretty pretty resolute. You you're you're almost dead set. You don't think it's going to happen again, whether it's a hundred goals in a season, a thousand go- goals in a career. Um, you think you think the era of running onto the ground is is beyond us now? I think it is, um, and that was why I was so excited for this one to happen, whether it was uh, last night or, or round three or round four, whenever it was going to happen, because I truly do feel um, and have felt for a while that it's not going to happen again, and it's not a hot take. I think you can, as Jared said before, you look at the numbers. So, so just to, for some kind of context, Jack Rewald is the next on the the all time goal kicking list as far as active players go. And I believe right now he is on 726 goals, mm-hmm. uh, which means he has 274 to go. Like Dustin Martin yeah. in his career has kicked 282. It's pretty much have Dusty's career of goals to get to the thousand. And, and I think Jack Riot over the course of his career has averaged about 35 a season. So he's essentially got to play eight more seasons, averaging what he currently averages to he's get 33. to that point. So, like, it's just, yeah, you, you think about it. Someone's going to have to come out of the blocks when they get drafted, have a 40-goal season, you know, almost kind of in, in, in the way that you just don't see that anymore yeah. because key forwards especially, they, they take time to develop. They're not debuted soon. Um, and, and Hawthorne at the time, when, when Franklin was first drafted, were in a unique position where they could play yeah. because there wasn't much else down there. Yeah, um, and, and I think that, that you hit the nail on the head right there is that he wasn't a, a forward that took four or five years to, to get going. Uh, didn't he kick? Didn't he kick the the hundred in 08 when he was about twenty two? Yeah, he was young. Uh, and the year he was twenty one, turning twenty two. Yeah, the year it's before like, was that yeah. elimination final. He kicked seven in that final, including the winner. Like he yeah. had a mature head on his shoulders, yeah. footy wise, very early on. And then you look at key fours now, and you you, th- you look at Harry Mackay, who's just won the the Coleman. He's twenty four, and you think he's still young. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I don't think we asked a few AFL captains. We asked a few AFL captains this this question as well. You know, what current day player, if they have a thousand goals in them, who's in it? Who's the next one after Buddy? And we had Max King throwing up, Aaron Norton and, and Harry Mackay. But as you mentioned, Matt, Harry Mackay is, what, 24, nearly 25 yeah. years old. He's only April. kicked 58 goals last year to win his first Coleman. He's got to play for the next 10 years and kick yeah. 90. you got to, you got to do that 18 times. It's yeah. just not happening. Yeah. Mm. Uh, look, we're going to wrap things up shortly. Thanks for joining us on, on a special bonus pod. I guess closing thoughts, guys. Um, Jared, I might start with you and, and then we'll get on to Jake, who, who was at the game. But but just your overall, you know, you've had 20-odd hours to sort of digest and and, and and understand what's happened. Just a couple of words on, on what you think this, this means. I apologize for getting philosophical, but when the dust does settle, settle, as you said, I think we need to look at it on face value. It's, yep. Franklin's kicked a thousand goals. The fans are running onto the ground. It's pandemonium. It's amazing. Um, but when you really sit back and, and think about what's just happened, I think we all need to actually appreciate that that we're alive to see it happen because as as we've said, it's not going to happen again. So um, 
yeah, it's, it's a moment that I'll watch forever, that I'll remember forever, and I'm sure uh, everyone else is the same. So when you get the chance, sit back and just really think about what you've seen, get your chicken chips out and enjoy <laughs> forever. Um, Jake, you were there. Closing thoughts from you? Yeah, I think um, I mentioned Rowan before. I was chatting to him yesterday before the game, and he said something that really sort of resonated with me. And that was he said that he hadn't really thought about it too much with Buddy, that reaching the 1,000... And that in itself shows that we've sort of always just undersold him a bit and taken him a little for granted. You know, when you when you, you look at all these numbers that we've been talking about for the last half an hour, it's just mind-boggling what he's been able to achieve. And I think at times we all have taken him for granted a little bit. We've all just been like, oh, yeah, but, you know, even us doing our ESPN's best players and much much, much watch lists and all that sort of stuff do you want a third crack of that you still we ju- yeah that's hard to say um i normally <laughs> type lost. that i never speak that <laughs> yeah um but we we kind of every year it's like oh buddy you know do we put buddy in? and it's kind of like just you know we do take it for granted and what he's been able to achieve was remarkable being there will be uh yeah i, I feel very privileged to have been able to be there and witness it um especially to be on the boundary for when it happened uh ran, running onto the ground and pin and grabbing a little bit of the SCG turf as well. So, yeah, it was a fantastic moment. And, um, yeah, as JB said, he said it perfectly. I think 10 years, 30 years, 50 years time, it'll be a moment in football we remember. Those images will live forever. Mm. Both of you are right. And, Jake, your point especially kind of just resonated with me. You sort of said that Rowan said something that resonated with you. But what what you just said um, hit me because I reckon we've done on our roundtable um, column or on the podcast before, we've done the discussion, you know, when, when Buddy goes down with another injury. It's like, is he going to make it to a 1,000? And I think I've been pretty strong in saying that he, was, he, was, he wasn't going to get there because mm. um, his, his body was, was struggling at different points. Um, you know, the Swans were looking, might be looking to go in a different direction or, you know, it, all these sort of things. And, and for him to just, the resilience and the way that, like I said earlier, he's, he's adjusted his game style and... He looked um, cooked like a couple of years ago. He looked done. Mm. I, I didn't think he was going to get there. And, and, and Jared, you're right. Like when the dust settles, you've got to appreciate the fact that it's happened because you, you guys are right. And you, you both said this in, in your yarns. And there's a great, great number of content pieces on ESPN.com.au. So I, I really highly encourage you to get it, you know, spend your Sunday tomorrow um, ha- having a read because... Yeah, it's it's a it's a monumental moment and one that um, we're we're probably not going to see again. I won't I won't be so definite like you, Jake. Um, but it, it's it's amazing and it's brought the entire footy community together. I think that's the sort of the beautiful part about it is you can be a Bombers supporter, you can be a, a Lions supporter, you can be a Giants supporter, um, a Hawthorne supporter, or a Sydney supporter, and and you're just enjoying the moment. The smile I had on my face for the for the twenty minutes following, um, you couldn't wipe it off me. So I think we've just been extremely fortunate. Um, to sort of see him throughout his prime and and hit this milestone because he he deserves it and and he'll go down as one of the greats and maybe that's the debate we have uh, on the podcast on Tuesday, Jake. I like it. We'll have to uh, we'll have to get Christian into the numbers again. But I as I said, I'm surprised and that no one's really thrown his name up. Normally that's what happens. Someone achieves something and it's oh they're the greatest, but no one's really said it. And it's like. I don't think I've never heard at any point in his career anyone even entertaining the idea that he's in the conversation for greatest player of all time. I mean, we were doing it with Dusky a couple of years ago, but yeah. no one's ever done it with Buddy. Mm. Interesting thing, uh, that isn't it? So, look, 
we'll um we'll probably get into this, I think, at some point. Uh, so yeah. stay tuned to the ESPN Footy podcast. We'll definitely delve into this a bit deeper. Uh, Jared Barker, Jake Michaels, thanks for joining a special bonus pod, dissecting all things Buddy 1000. Uh, and we'll speak to you guys on Tuesday. Listen to all the latest episodes by subscribing to the ESPN Footy Pod, wherever you get your podcasts.